Praise God. The book of Isaiah, chapter 1. See, God is the master planner. Um, God created this beautiful planet. During that, during that creation week, God created this beautiful planet. And then he decided to create man and put him on that planet. And then we all know what happened uh, in the garden, the fall of man, which brought sin into the world and so on. And I'm not going to get into way back into that story. But as that happened and throughout history, as man continued to, to progress, um, you know, Israel up and down, sin, repent, joyful, sin, repent, joyful. And man was basically getting evil. So God knew that he would have to do something to save mankind. Amen. So looking in Isaiah chapter 1 and just starting with verse number 1, it says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corrupters. They have forgotten, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken? anymore you will revolt more and more the whole head is sick and the whole heart faint so we see here that um, Israel was uh, just sinning and turning his back turning its back on the Lord uh, so there was a reason then we see in Isaiah move forward to Isaiah chapter 7 okay Israel was constantly sinning and then we move forward here to Isaiah chapter 7 and we'll start with verse number 10 Okay. Moreover, the Lord spoke again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord thy God, ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I test the Lord. And he said, Hear you now, O house of David. Is, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God? Also, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Okay? Now, way back here in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah was written approximately 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. God always has a plan. Amen? So if God can make a plan with over such a vast period of time, it is short work for God to have a plan for your life, which he does indeed have a, God, have a plan for your life. Way seven years, 70 years before this was to happen, God said, that, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Then we go on to Isaiah number 9, chapter 9, and verse number 1. Isaiah 9, verse number 1. Nevertheless... The dimness shall not be as such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them does the light shine. 
Thou hast multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before thee according to the joy and harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us is a son given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom uh, to order it and to establish it with justice and with righteousness from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. So you see there in verse number 6 again, For unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, and the Prince of Peace. We all know these as being names of Jesus, where Jesus is referred to. Amen. So again, this is 700 years before his birth. God is indeed the master planner. So when we in our lives today are struggling with the various things of life that go on, and we seem like we're running into dead ends, we seem like there are challenges beyond hope, you know, and that things are going so terribly downhill for us, you know, Think, think, that, think in your mind that God has a plan. God has a plan. And the same way he sent Jesus Christ to save, to save all of mankind, whatever you may be wrestling with in your life right now, God has a plan. Amen? God has already given you Holy Spirit to guide you. God, you have Lord Jesus in your heart. Right within you. Amen. And you are in him. You see. So God has a plan and will indeed work it through. So during this time of the Christmas season where we're thinking about gift giving and obviously the special gift that God gave us. Also think about the fact that when Jesus came here, before Jesus came here, God had a plan to send his son to save us. The same way God has a plan for you and will not let you struggle through. Will not let you struggle through. The same way Israel, if you read the, 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 the uh, preceding chapters in Isaiah that you'll see what Israel was going through. You'll see. You can liken that almost to the same things in your past. You can liken that to the same things going on over the last several months, over the last year, over the last two years, three years, four years, five years. The same way Israel was struggling, God said that I will send one. His name shall be called Wonderful. He shall be the Prince of Peace. And I submit to you today that God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And that whatever you are struggling with over the last months, years, five years, ten years, whatever you are struggling with during this Christmas season, remember that God gave his only begotten son. Amen? Amen? God gave his only begotten son. That means that is for you personally. When he talks about Jesus came to save all of mankind, well, guess what? You are a part of mankind. And God is just as much interested in your personal life, in your personal um, trials and tribulations as he was and is for the entire nation Israel and the rest of the world today. Amen. So there is no difference. So we see that there was a need for Jesus to be born. There was definitely a need and God knew what he was doing. So now let's move forward in time and go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. And we're going to look at the birth of Jesus, which obviously is so appropriate for this time of year. And we're going to start with chapter 1, chapter number 1. And we're going to look at the events. We look at the events, and we all know the events from the time that we were children, the birth of Jesus, you know. But um, as I was speaking with um, one of my sons the other day, the amazing thing about the Word of God is that you can read it a million times 
And then yet still you may pick it up another time and you'll see a whole new meaning of what's being said there. Amen. Because the, the word of God is a living word. Okay. The, the, the book that is written, no man can really explain it, but it was penned, the author was penned by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God is obviously alive. So when you read it and as Holy Spirit witnesses to you and ministers to your spirit, you will learn and glean more things from the word of God that you did not see before. And I know everyone, I see people nodding their heads and everyone in the room has experienced that at some time or another. You can read Mein Kampf. You can read Alice in Wonderland or whatever. It will certainly read the same time, the same way every time you read it. Nothing's going to change. You're not going to get any new revelation from Alice in Wonderland or from the life of Hitler or anything else. It is what it is. You read the Word of God and it's a moving, it's a changing word. Amen? So let's look at the, look at the birth of Jesus here. And starting with Luke chapter 1 and we'll zoom right into verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee. The, the pause of moment, in the sixth month, this is the sixth month of John the Baptist's mother's labor. Or, or pregnancy, I should say, okay? Um, this is picking, if you read the preceding verses in, in Luke number 1, you see where it talks about the birth of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin, all right? And he was six months older. So this is saying here, this is really talking about Elizabeth. That was John the Baptist's mother's name. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named, named Nazareth. Gabriel, to the sidebar again, Gabriel, one of God's angels, whose name means man of God, um, is a very busy fellow. The same way he also proclaimed to Elizabeth what was going to be happening with John the Baptist, the, the birth, and also talked to, to John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, I believe his name was. And he was somewhat of a stubborn lad and did not want to believe that John was going to be born because his wife was barren and so forth. And because of his unbelief, he was stricken with dumbness. He could not speak. He could not speak, all right? And, and the angel said, basically, you know, you shall name him John and you will not speak again until you acknowledge it, more or less. I'm paraphrasing. So when it says here in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, now six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou who art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thee among women. Amen. Blessed art thee among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered in her mind what manner of greeting this should be. Okay. Now, can you imagine how she must have felt? I mean, here she is, you know, there and this angel shows up and said, you know, blessed are you among women. It's probably like... Yeah, oh, okay, you know, what's, what's going on here, right? Right, in this manner, what this should be. Verse 30, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Please underline, underline fear not, because whenever an angel, you'll notice in Scripture, shows up, they always tell you, fear not. You know, or if you fall down and start worshiping them, an angel will tell you to get up off of your face. Do not worship me, you only worship God. Conversely, conversely, what does the devil and his demonic horde try to do? They want you to worship them. They want you to fear them. So, just as kind of a sidebar, if, 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 you're, if you're at home, and you're praying, and you're alone, and you're in your prayer closet, and you hear the fluttering or the, the shuffling sound. I've heard the fluttering sound of angels' wings when I'm in deep prayer, and especially if I'm by myself. Don't be afraid of that. 
You know, you'll know it's God. You'll know it's an angel because you'll feel a peace about it. There's no reason for you to get nervous. Amen. The Lord always says, fear not. Always says, fear not. Amen. So fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Please in the line, and of, of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Okay? So then in your margin, if you haven't already had this written there, um, for verse 34, write in the word doubt. Doubt, okay? Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now again, don't forget, here she is a young lady, a young woman, and you got this angel showing up and saying that you're going to have this baby. So I mean, I'm sure she's wondering, well, how is this going to happen? You know, I mean, two plus two equals four. And if I haven't been with a man, then how is that going to happen? Amen. So then verse 35 says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Please on the line, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called Ben. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Underline verse number 37, and then write in your margin, reassurance, if you can squeeze it in. Reassurance. Okay? Reassurance. So now, she had a question, he's coming back and he's telling her that with God nothing is impossible. Your cousin Elizabeth, even though she was supposed to be barren and she's, she's of a ripe old age, yet still she's in her sixth month of pregnancy. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Please in the line, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And then write in your margin for verse number 38, Submission. And your margin, uh, submission. So now what you have there written in your margin is that you have the word doubt for verse 34 when she said, how can this be? Because, you know, I don't know a man, I've not known a man. And then the angel reassured her in verse 37, with God nothing is impossible. And then finally she gave in and said, be it, be it, be it according to your word. Well, so it is with us in our lives also. You may stop and think back that when God told you something was going to happen in your life, many times you may have had a question and you would say, how could that be? How could that happen? You know, I'm not qualified for it. I don't have the money for it. Um, it's an impossible market. How am I going? How is this going to happen? Yet still, the Holy Spirit is telling you this is what's going to go on. Okay? And it's human nature for when things in our minds don't add up. When you don't see how that could happen, it is quite natural for us to say, but God, wait a minute. These are the facts as I know it. How is that going to be? Well, don't forget. With God, nothing is impossible. Amen? Okay? Nothing with God is impossible. And you have also found favor with God. Amen? The very fact that you're sitting here today and have been so faithful in following and in worshiping God, you found favor with God. So if God tells you that something is going to happen in your life, regardless of how impossible it may be, rest assured that it's going to happen. Because then and then, but, 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 but the key is, Mary didn't storm out of, 
the house where she was and said, oh, this, is, this, is, this is nonsense. I'm, I'm not going to believe that. No, no way. I haven't been with a guy and so forth, so this is not going to happen. Forget it. Forget it. Sorry, Gabe. Sorry, Gabe. You know, but you go on and do whatever you got to do. But this, this, this ain't happening. This ain't happening. Okay? So what she said was, you know, be it unto me according to thy word. So she submitted. So what I'm saying to you is that in like manner, if God has told you that there's something that's going to happen in your life or there's something that you're praying for and God is reminding you that with him nothing is impossible, one of the best things that you can do in this life is simply say, I don't understand it, but Lord, I submit. I submit. Okay, you know, as you say, I will just submit. Okay, how this is going to happen, I don't know, and it's not for you to try to figure out how it's going to know how it's going to happen. You know, in our in our finite minds, we certainly cannot know the mind of of someone who is infinite. His wisdom is infinite. You know, our finite minds certainly can't comprehend. And many of you sitting here in this sanctuary know that there are things that have happened in your lives that were beyond reason, were beyond reason, but the pieces all came together and God appointed time and it happened you know and God lets these things happen to us so that we can look back over time and say well gee was I remember six months ago a year ago two years five years ago God said so and so and I didn't think it was possible but God did indeed work it out God indeed worked it out because with God nothing is impossible it is so critical for us to also submit the way Mary did okay because we are living in a day and age and I've talked about this before where if you look at the writing on the wall something in this country in this world is happening. Something is about to change. Something big is about to change. 2016, I believe, is going to bring in a lot of things that, are, that have been very, very unexpected, I believe. Things are happening in the spiritual realm, and you know when things are happening in the spiritual realm that they, they, they always run parallel to what is going to happen in the physical realm. We see people like Israel that is, that is pushing God, that are pushing God out of the picture. We see all sorts of demonic activity through people, through people and whatnot. Um, the Back in August of this year, the Empire State Building. I sent some of you a link to the um, to the uh, to the to the video. Um, the, the, the Empire State Building in New York. Some group they have, they have the technology in New York where you can project images up on the Empire State Building, and they've used it for animals and other events and things like that. Well, they projected a face. Now you know how huge the Empire State Building is. A face of the goddess Kali. Okay, who's a goddess of death and so on like that, and she's one of the Indian gods. And they projected this figure, and this face is now is hovering over New York, hovering over New York, and they're praying to this thing and saying that she's gonna she's gonna be our salvation and so on like that. All right, so they're lifting up all of this demonic activity. Now, of course, there are many people that say, "Oh, you Christians, you're being silly, you're being paranoid. There's nothing to it. That's just the goddess of the earth. That's just the goddess of that. There are no goddesses. There are no gods. Okay, that 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 are, are holy." Uh, um, gods, goddesses, and all those things with a small g—they're all, all of demonic nature that that civilizations have have worshipped over the over the millennia uh, for all sorts of things. There's a there's a, a, a pantheon of gods uh, relative to every nation that's on this in this country. The only one god in the 
the only God that we know and worship is, is the God of the universe, and that's Lord God, Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, and so on. Amen? But they projected this image up there, and so I'm saying to you that there are things happening in the spiritual realm, and those people that projected it up there, some knew very well what they were doing, because it so happened that that very day that they projected it over in India, they were celebrating the goddess Kali, because that was the day of the year that they celebrate her. So there were some that knew, and there were many of that were just so foolish, they're just following everyone else. Is, is doing. The point that I'm making to you is that in this year coming up 2016, I believe you're going to see a lot more spiritual activity. We need to be in a place that when God speaks to you, that you do not doubt what he's, what he's saying to you. If you do have a moment of doubt when Holy Spirit reassures you that this is me speaking, okay, because we need to try the spirits, we need to try the spirits, all right, when God is speaking to you, and if you're not sure, say, okay, Lord God, please give me some confirmation. God will indeed reassure you, but just recognize that nothing with him is impossible, and then when you know it's God, it's important then that you finally submit, and you say, okay, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, yes, I will be obedient and do it. Amen? Amen? And sometimes you need to follow what Holy Spirit is telling you to do. It may not seem logical to you. It may not seem that it's a smart thing to do. But if you know that it's God telling you to do that and you've got confirmation from God, then you need to make sure that you submit to him and that you move on. Amen? So she said there, um, be it unto you according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. Then we go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we see here, verse number 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this registration was first made when, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went and all went to be registered, everyone, into his own city. Now, this is kind of like, almost like taking, taking the census. And this was something that, the, that that man had put in place. Amen? But we know that because of this, it got Joseph and Mary and Jesus to where God needed them to be. Amen? Amen? A decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this registration was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, everyone, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was, the house, he was of the house and lineage of David. Okay? Now, Bethlehem, underlined Bethlehem, just happens to mean house of bread. Okay, now we've often heard of Jesus called the bread of life. Amen. But Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. So what did God do? God used man's own rules to get Joseph, Mary, and Jesus to Bethlehem where he wanted them to be. So what does that mean today to us in the 21st century? That means that God many times will operate through the known structure or a structure that was already established to bring his, his, uh, his, wish, his wish or his desire, desire, desire to be. Amen. I've seen organizations and so forth where... Um, as time dragged on and I was looking for a certain position and as time just dragged on and so forth and I didn't know what was going on and just waiting and waiting and waiting. Little, little known to me that an organization was being developed. A, a new department was being set up and, and being structured. Amen. And that new, new department being structured was where I ultimately wound up being. So what I'm saying is that God used the normal organizational structure thing where I'm sure someone else thought in their minds, oh yeah, I think we'll decree 
create a, a new department A. We were to create a new department A. Amen. But God was God was was was, was using that to get me to where God wanted me to be. Amen. So God uses these the affairs of man. The point I'm making is that God uses the affairs of man to bring about his purpose. God used the affairs of man to bring about his purpose. Verse number five says, um, to be registered with Mary, his espoused wife, be, wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. <clears throat> because there was no room in the inn. And then we see here in verse number eight, as we wind down to these events here, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very much afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Fear, I mean, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, whose Christ is the Lord, our Savior, thank God. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Underline the word babe. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. So you see there were the shepherds there abiding, and they were told that these, these things were about to come to pass. And then we see in verse number 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them uh, into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So Mary pondered what was going on in her heart. And that's one of the things that I love about that song, Mary, Did You Know? Where it said, Mary, did you know that you had touched the, the, face, the face of God? Amen. You had touched the face of God. And then, um, just to look at, go to Matthew, Matthew, num- Matthew chapter 1. And Matthew gets into a little more a little more detail here from a different perspective, but there are some things here that we should be aware of also here. Uh, Matthew one verse number eighteen. Matthew one verse number eighteen. And we had it from the Gospel of Matthew here, because he brings some additional insights into what was going on. Remember I said God is a, God is a master planner, and whatever God brings into, into being, he knows that there is opposition out there. And so God always has a plan. When God has a plan for your life, and something is being put into place, God knows that there is opposition. You know, um, I, I always strongly and firmly believe that when God wants me to do something or has something lined up for me, I know that it will come to pass. 
But I am also not foolish. I also know that there are forces out there, there are darkness, there's darkness out there, uh, in the form of people in some cases, that may not want me to succeed at what God has lined up for me. You know, while we are not to fear people and situations and things that may come up against us, um, you know, we are in a way kind of foolish if we kind of dismiss that they are indeed out there. Because if we know that they're out there, then it helps us to set up in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits how to pray and let Holy Spirit guide you in what to come against. Because as God is moving you through, there would be perhaps those that would not want you to succeed in what God is bringing you to do. Amen? Amen? So we see here in verse number, starting verse number 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was in this way when, uh, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Okay? Okay, now, in that day and age, to be having a child out of wedlock, I mean, that was the worst thing in the world that could happen to you. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. See, God knew that he was troubled by all this, and he was wondering and kind of worrying about how this was going to appear. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call him Jesus, for he shall uh, save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord uh, through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he, and he took unto him his wife. He obeyed, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn uh, son, and called his name Jesus. So again, now here, he was in a position where, suppose he was one to be concerned about the neighbors, or how things appeared. I mean, suppose God came to you and said, I'm going to bless you with this. And you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. But yet still, by man's standards, by man's norm, this was something to be frowned upon. You know? You know? He said that he, he, he could have put her away privately. In other words, he could have put her someplace where, after the nine months had gone by, no one would have known that she'd given birth. You know, kind of send her to a monastery or whatever they call those things where women go. And just put her away, and then, boom, all of a sudden she comes back and there's a baby. But she didn't do that because the Lord said, don't worry about it. Amen. So in other words, we need to be strong enough in God that when we know that God is doing something, is working in our lives, that regardless of what is going on around us, whatever criticism, we are not to be worried about it. And so it said that he went, so he obeyed. Verse number, chapter number 2, verse 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in, days, in the days of Herod, now Herod in Scripture is a type of the devil, okay, he's a type of the devil, days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered, all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where this Christ should be born. Okay? Now again I said I said that 
that Herod in scripture is a type of the devil, he inquired where the child was born. So that goes to show you that the devil is not, is not omniscient. He's not all knowing the way God is. He simply knew and heard that this child was going to be born, but he did not know where. Where this should be born. Verse number 5 says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judea art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. You see, now he heard that this prophecy is talking about this child. So now when they say that he inquired diligently, like now he's really getting excited. He's getting a little nervous and a little bit upset here. Where is this child going to be born? Verse number 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child, underline young child. See, in the scriptures before it said that when they saw um, the baby, the, the Jesus it was a babe. Now they're saying young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now, the underline worship him also, that I may worship him also. This is a lie spawned in the pit of hell. He had no intention of, worship, of worshiping this child. He is the devil incarnate. No way did he want to worship Jesus. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till they came and stood over where the young child was. Young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child, not a babe, the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto them gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is where we get the idea of the three wise men. There's nothing in scripture that says there's actually three. Amen. There were a host of wise men from the east that came, but because of this, we locked into without Christmas cards and so forth. You know, nothing wrong with that. Amen. Amen. But it's not a biggie. But just to point out that the, uh, this is where we get the three wise men. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into the, um, into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into to Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Please in the line. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And, and he was there and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all its borders from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, uh, and would not be comforted because they were not. And then he goes on and talks about them going from Egypt to Nazareth uh, real quickly. But when, Je when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead who sought the 
young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judah in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. He turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, he shall be called a Nazarene. Therefore, Jesus of Nazareth. So all of this I'm reading to you to show, to say to you that um, there's always that opposition. But when God in your life is telling you that he has a plan, that there's a work for you to do, that God will still protect you and he will instruct you on how to get around that opposition. He actually told Joseph, I don't want you to stay here. I want you to go there. I want you to go here. Change of venue. Amen. So during your life, as these things that you might be wrestling with and God is telling you that there's something for you to do. There's a work for you to do. He will protect you. He will not just leave you out there and exposed, you see. And the devil here, all of this thing that he was doing through Herod and whatnot, the reason why it said young child, young child, because a period of about two years went on between the time that Jesus was actually seen as a babe in the manger and at the time that the wise men had shown up. Amen. So all this period of time, God was watching over and keeping them safe. What does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Don't think that what God has for you to do is done in an instant. God has a plan. You know, 700 years from the time that Jesus was prophesied until the time that he was born. Even after he was born, the devil still did not want to see these things that Jesus had to do come to pass. So he tried to get rid of him. He tried to stop it at an early age. The devil has a sense of what may be happening in your life. God has touched you for something important, for something special. You know, you may have been traveling. You may have been doing this. You may have been bouncing around. You may not have quite found where it is that you need to be. But God will put you where you need need to be, okay? And during the time, you can sit back and reflect on, while, while it may have seemed uncomfortable during the time when you were looking and searching and so on, God protected you. God watched over you. Okay, amen? And if you're faithful to listen to God, as he tells you, you, you know, to go up and go by the way of Egypt, if you're willing to follow what he's telling you to do, if you're willing to just listen to him, he will continually continually watch over you and guide you and protect you, okay? All right, it's okay. And, and, and also, you know, it's important for us to realize, and this is not anything at all that anyone should be upset and concerned about, but it's simply a fact of reality. When you are a child of God, and God has set his mantle upon you, and God is, is, is ready for you to do what he wants you to do, and the more you submit to God to do what he wants you to do, and the more you start moving in his will and where he wants you to go, that opposition is indeed out there, you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's something for us to be worried and frightened of, but I don't want to minimize it. Because when things start happening all of a sudden, and you said, but I know God said, I know God said, I know God said, there's a natural opposition out there, or a supernatural opposition out there called the, the, the powers of darkness, Satan himself, you know, and all of those demonic entities that would have been assigned to us, you know, in the same way an angel is assigned to you, that do not want you to succeed in what God wants you to do. Amen? Amen? So, 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 you know, there's nothing for you to be frightened there but just to be aware of it so you know how to stay in, stay in prayer 
stay in prayer to make sure that you're staying focused and that you're staying on target to it, target to where God wants you to be, the way God wants you to be. Amen. So that when those forces of darkness start rising up against you, sometimes you might be warned. You might feel that something is going on here because all of a sudden I'm struggling. That you go to Holy Spirit and you say, Lord, what shall I do? I feel that so and so is happening, you know. And God will say, Well, this is where I want you to go. I want you to go by the way of so and so, so and so, you know, which might be not you necessarily picking up and moving, even though it could be a physical move, but it could be also a spiritual move. Many times God will give us a physical move, but also there's a spiritual move that needs to be made also with that, okay? And making a spiritual move or a spiritual um, uh, readjustment or a spiritual realignment in our lives is more important than anything else because everything is with the heart and our intentions, you know? So if you are intended on following God, regardless of what things around you might show show you, you know, you say, Lord, I know I heard you to tell me to do this. What, what shall I do now? Because now all of a sudden opposition is coming from this way. The same way Herod rose up here and through his, and through his um, deceit, you know, and through his manipulation tried to find out where the young child was, God protected them. God protected them. Amen. Amen. So, so during this, this year, year to come, um, you know, be on, be on the lookout for that because I do believe that God is moving mightily uh, in your lives and that you're going to see more things unfolding in the year to come. Amen. So this time of, 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 of Christmas, you know, there is so much, much more. There's so much, much more in this Christmas message. Yes, the baby Jesus was born who is our Lord and Savior. But when you stop and look at why it came to pass and what happened during Jesus coming into the earth and everything that that ensued afterwards and how even after he was born and grew into his ministry, it didn't stop. The moment after he was baptized and went into the desert, you know, the devil came after him again, you know, you know, trying to tempt him away. And so, of course, then we know ultimately the devil's approach was getting him to the cross, you know, and the devil did not realize that that was God's plan. He did not realize that he was working right into God's plan, amen, about getting Jesus to the cross, amen. So, so if Jesus went through all of this, amen, and, and Jesus came as an example for us, Jesus said that if you follow me, you will have persecution. Jesus said you will have trials and tribulations, but he's greater than that. Amen. So for us, then it'll be no different. Okay. But if you just realize that regardless of whatever trial or tribulation you may be going through or might go through, that God is there to guide you. All you simply have to do is say, I surrender. I surrender. Lord, just... Take me as you will and show me and guide me. Amen. Amen. And I guarantee you, with that attitude, you, 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 you cannot fail. You cannot fail. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that this uh, has been a blessing to you. This message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.